For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, back again, two nights in a row, if you happen to be on last night. Uh, we're, you know, IDP Army podcast, as you know, mostly IDP, all fantasy football. If it's your first time checking out the channel or the podcast, I appreciate it. Please subscribe, follow, give a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. We would appreciate that. Leave a comment. We love interacting with the audience. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. You know all that. Um, like I said, five star review and rating would be awesome. But if you don't, you know, don't leave one. It's not the end of the world. I'll be all right. Uh, be sure to go check out the IDP Army Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Officially joining the IDP Army. We want you in our Discord community. We want you guys to get access to all the cool stuff we have back there, which will be hard launching. Or I don't know what the right word for that is, but soon. Uh, 4-1. It's soft launch. It was like January 1st. There's only a handful of people that are really in there. But when all the content is going to be dumped on there is 4-1. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, today, tonight, this evening, whenever you're watching this, we're going to be talking 2021 Dynasty Linebacker Strategy Theory for the 2021 season. And tonight with me, I'm joined by John Macri, writer of the uh, writer for PFF and host of the Big Nickel Podcast. What is up, John? How's it going, Jordan? Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Happy to have you back on. Uh, we talked about linebackers. I mean, it's been almost two, right around two months now ago. It doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but it really time has kind of been flying. We broke down the uh, the guys who finished the season now, kind of broke down the top 12. So I figured, hey, bring you back on as we kind of start looking forward early. This is kind of pre-draft stuff and, you know, kind of look at the, lands- the linebacker landscape, how you're approaching the position after you've had a couple of weeks to dig into the information, what you're seeing. And, yeah, I just thought it would be good to have just continue that conversation that we had. So I appreciate you coming back on. Yeah, sounds good. I'm always happy to talk uh, IDP and and linebackers, especially love love the position. And uh, there's some good ones out there. And obviously, yeah, like you said, with free agency and everything like that going on, we got some uh, 
we've got some big names signing some smaller names too but <laughs> it's all going to be probably idp relevant in some way so yeah, they might be big names this time next year. What's up, Chase? Thanks for tuning in, my man. Guys, make sure you're joining the circle over there. I got some fantasy content on the channel. Um, are you guys gay? Ooh, not me, John. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not Not right now, anyways. Chuck, sorry, Ollie. <laughs> hey, if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, it's already lit in here. So, um, so Matt Milano, let's just start right there. He re-signed with the Bills four years, $44 million. He didn't really come into the free agency conversation. They locked him down. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, him going back there? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a good fit for him. You know, he 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 works well kind of beside Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds is he's gonna be the LB1 there, right? He's the guy that you know gets most of the tackles while Milano can kind of play that coverage linebacker role a little bit. And he's free to rush the passer a little bit as well. And he's he's done that pretty good. And um yeah, I mean, I, I like the fit. It's it was always kind of hard to picture him anywhere other than Buffalo. He just he he fits that scheme and that team so well. So I, I think it's going to be a, a he'll be a good player for IDP for a few more years at least, and I think he'll still be a good value too. He's you know everybody kind of wants Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously, he's the young big name there, but I think Milano can be. I mean, he'll probably be slightly uh, less efficient as an IDP than than Edmonds, but he can outproduce him on any given week as well. So he's, he's a good value in, in most drafts from, from what I've found. So I'm a big fan of Milano and I like him staying in Buffalo. Yeah, totally agree. You know, it's funny, Tremaine Edmonds, like you said, he's always the guy who gets the love and rightly so, you know, but Milano that I I hate that that takes away from Milano. You know, we forget he had a number one linebacker, number one overall week this past season. I don't know if Tremaine Edmonds has ever had one of those in his career. So it kind of shows you the, you know, even though Matt Milano might not be the name a lot of people know in Buffalo, it gets a lot of attention. The upside definitely exists for him. I love him going back to that system. Just, you know, I like continuity from year to year, especially on defensive players and the players around them. So love that. Um, We had some, you know, big free agency stuff today. Obviously, Shaq Barrett, speaking of consistency and continuity, he goes back to Tampa Bay on a four-year, what was that, a $72 I believe, deal. Yeah, I can't remember the numbers, but yeah, it was a nice deal for him for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, the consistency is huge, right? Staying on the same team is always kind of nice for IDP. You kind of know what you're getting already. He kind of has that role uh, set in on the defense as a starting edge rusher. Um, and he's been really good the last couple of years, right? So he had his obviously the big sack season in, in 2019. And then he followed it up this year by being just as good, maybe not as much in the box score, but he was still a dominant edge rusher. Um and uh, put up a lot of pressures and and was affecting the quarterback working opposite JPP as well. So yeah, it's, it's nice to have these guys resign. I, I always like it. And there's, there's quite a few of them. So. Yeah. I like, he said, I'd love to see the continuity. You know, they've already brought back several of those guys, Devin white. We already know he's back. Winfield's young. He's staying there. Sue. I don't, I haven't heard anything about Sue. I'm still a little bit up in the air. I would like to see him come back as that interior guy to Vita Vea. They did fine without Vita Vea, but I don't know if they'll do fine without Sue. You could see a little drop off there, but I'm sure we'll hear something the next day or two. And you know, the way he plays, you know, he's played mercenary football for a while now. He'll probably stay. He'll figure they'll figure something out. Um, yeah. That's kind of my thought. So I love him going back there. Love the continuity. Uh, we had some other big signings today. Matt Judon went to the Patriots. Any strong feelings about that one? Um, Not really, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones. It's just kind of like, OK, you know, I think 
he was okay in Baltimore. I think, you know, they were, they were a pass rush needy team. Um, they don't have, like, they didn't really have those big stars on the edge. I mean, they had Terrell Suggs for a few years, but, you know, they're running out uh, Matt Judon. They put out Ngakwe this year. He was playing, but, you know, they're, they're, they're good, not like great edge rushers. And I think being in New England too, in the Belichick scheme, Belichick, he likes to rotate these guys, right? So he, I, it's it's hard to get an every down role in New England. So he's, again, probably going to be playing more third down, passing down role. Um, he's going to need to be obviously extremely efficient if he's going to, if he's going to be a, you know, a great IDP kind of thing. But you know, he might work out. Chase Winovich is a guy that's been there too for a couple of years now. And, you know, he's had his, his games here and there, but I, I think that kind of tells you a little bit of there's, I would say they're in a similar and yeah, possible, potentially similar role in, in new England. They can be swapping in and out um, in, in new England with Belichick. So yeah, it, it's, it's fine. I, I don't love it. I don't hate it kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. It'll be interesting to see if he his uh his uh tag changes or designation changes with the move at all. Um with uh with Sleeper. I don't know what I don't know about the other platforms what they do. I know he's already an edge on ESPN, so that wouldn't even be an issue. But uh yeah, he got a four year fifty six million. That's not bad. Thirty two million over the first two years. I'm honestly shocked that Bud Dupree has not yet been been signed. Um he to me was the number two guy behind Barrett, in my opinion, in the free agency. And then I had Yannick, and Yannick went to the Raiders. Um, mm-hmm. But any thoughts on Yannick or Bud Dupree before we kind of keep scooting along? Yeah, Yannick. Um, Yannick's a guy. He's a, he's another guy. Like he's a he's a pass rush specialist, right? He doesn't really play those early down roles. He's not a great run defender, but we're we're usually drafting him in IDP because he can get sacks, and I think he's a better edge rusher than Cleveland Farrell. Um, and you know, I think there's a good possibility on those passing downs that him and Max Crosby can be the, the starters there. So uh, it's not a bad spot for, for Ngakwe. I like it. Um, it kind of hurts Cleveland Farrell's value even more. Not that it was not that it was high to begin with, but (laughs) um, yeah, I think it's kind of showing a little bit, you know, that they, they, they made that mistake at pick four a couple of years ago. So, um, maybe Ngakwe can, can be the pass rush that they need. Um, and then sorry, I, who was the other, the uh, other Bud Dupree just kind of, you know, it's curious to me that he wasn't, I, to me, he was the set. He would have been the second free agent pass rusher. Um, yeah. so I'm kind of surprised he's still on the market. Yeah. He's good. That, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say he's a good player. And I, I saw a thing that uh, Tennessee might be interested in him. Um, I so would love that. Titans, I would they, love that. Yeah. They need it too. Right. And he, he kind of fits that scheme as like a stand up linebacker uh, on the, on the line. And, you know, if they need him to drop into coverage, like they've been using Harold Landry as well. So uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. I think the two of them would really, they would feed off each other similar to, you know, obviously neither of them are TJ Watt level, but they're mm-hmm. both, you know, in their own right, very capable um, players. So um, other big one, Ram safety, John Johnson signed with the Browns. Um, that was, that's kind of another big kind of free agency IDP relevant one. John Johnson, uh, anybody who's played IDP knows he was a top 10 safety two years in a row, two years ago. This year he dropped off a little bit in his production uh, overall, but still played all 16 games. Um, last year, actually, I should check myself last year. He missed the end of the season. He was still, when he played, he was one of the top defensive backs. Um, but the two years previous to that, he was a, a top safety or defensive back in IDP uh, top 10. So I like this move to the Browns. They've kind of had issues with safety. You know, I mean, they brought in what well, one, I hate it for Ronnie Harrison because I've been like, 
trying getting higher on Ronnie Harrison for a while. And he he's a playmaker, you know, even though he seems to get hurt a lot when he's on the field, Ronnie Harrison just always seems to be just like doing crazy ass shit. Um, so it's, I'm a little bit more worried about Grant Delpit in this situation, just because, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're a little concerned with his injury. Maybe he won't be back right at the start of the season. Uh, I don't know. You can never have enough good safeties, I will say. And yeah. that's, you know, so, but any, any thoughts on him? Are you moving him up down? Do you think, you know, this, what do you think about this last year too? I saw somebody today on Twitter talking about him being kind of like a late round steel defensive back. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I still got him up there. I mean, if he's scooting past 10, I mean, that's kind of negligence. I feel like just because we know the upside has happened there with him. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's still. I think he's still a great IDP option at safety. I mean, the Browns they run they run a little bit of more of a too high scheme. Um, they can have somebody down playing in the box. It, it'll be a question of who that is, I guess. Um, but John Johnson obviously can play both those roles. He can play deep. He can play in the box. Um, same thing with Ronnie Harrison, right? So, yeah, like you said, the Delpit thing is is the bigger uh, interest. Maybe they bring him on a little bit slower and let Harrison kind of get in there at the beginning of the season and then see how things kind of go. But I think John Johnson's locked in uh, as a starter there at safety, and, and he's a great player too. He was, I think, the only defensive back in the league last year that was actually calling the plays for the defense, uh, wearing the green dot and actually, you know, playing that middle linebacker role almost in, in getting the defense set and uh, and getting the calls out there. So he's he's a great player, great ad. I'm, as a Browns fan, I'm really happy to have him too. So, Yeah, I said something. Um, what did I say? I think I might have said it last night to Ian. I was like, show me a team with a good safety. And I was like, and I'll show you a team with a good defense. And <laughs> you could say the exception being um, – Jamal Adams because he's a great safety but he's not like other great safeties like he's yeah. he's like special like, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do the other stuff some of the great safeties do <laughs> yeah yeah he's he is different he's especially the way that Seattle use, utilizes him right like they he's yeah. their top pass rusher basically so he's he's such a beast I wouldn't be he yeah he's just unreal this you know maybe he's not great in coverage but even that I mean he's still an NFL safety like he's 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 beat some people before um oh, yeah. but I love him um, yeah. so much. Anyway, other small signings. We had Leonard Floyd going back to the Rams. Good for him. What do you have? 11 sacks this last year, I believe, 11 or 12. So that's uh, big for him, the consistency of playing next to Aaron Donald. Let's see. Here it is. Uh, he had 10 and a half. So that's not bad. He was a top 10 sack guy. Uh, had more than JPP, more than Brian Burns, more than Montez Sweat, Khalil Mack. So you'd like to see the consistency again. That's what we were talking about. Kind of wish that would have uh, happened last year for old Dante Fowler. Right. And then I don't know if there's any really any other big defensive player news the rest of the yeah. day. We had, you know, Carlos Hyde ended up getting signed. Mm-hmm. Romeo Aquara resigned with the Lions, it seems. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Yep. That did happen. Yeah. So, which is good. Another one that you want the consistency for because he's kind of that one year guy. So you, you don't want to see him move to a new scheme and, you know, have that production disappear altogether. So kind of nice to have that um, knowing he's back in Detroit. Nice. All right. Well, since we've come on to this show, Bud Dupree has, in fact, signed with the Titans. $16.5 million a year for Bud Dupree. Um, I don't see any more details than that right now per Ian Rappaport, but there we go. I like that. All I right. love that. He's there. Yep. He'll be their top pass rusher now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's I think he's the better player than Landry. I mean, Landry's fine, um, but I, yeah, fine. Bud Dupree. Hey? 
He's fine. That's exactly he's, what he is. <laughs> I, he, yeah, he's he's a volume guy, right? Like he's out there. He played like every single snap last year. It seemed like. Um, but Where's yeah, he at? number ten overall, baby. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Getting that um, work. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it, it I think it just yeah, it came from him just being like on the field like constantly, right? He and he and they they were able to get him to drop into coverage, so he was able to get some tackles there, but yeah, like sack wise. It's um, funny, well, you know what you're mentioning. I mean, he and JJ Watt back to back, I think yeah. between the two of them they combined for nine sacks. But right. here they are in the top ten at uh defensive line. So Yeah. Yeah, they were the only two, the only two edge rushers, I believe, to play over a thousand snaps in the regular season last year. So that's, I mean, if you're getting that, that's you're going to get production to follow, right? So that's that's kind of nice for sure. Just imagine if I just when I look at that, I mean, I'm always extrapolating out, but I feel like Landry had a little bit more juice than that. So I look at that and I'm like, man, what if he would have just got seven sacks? You know, he could have catapulted himself up there into you know big dog status. He would have been a top. I mean, he would have been right there with Aaron Donald. So. You know, things he would have had nine. He had nine the year before on a little less snap. So, I mean, it, it's in his range of outcomes. And now with Bud Dupree, I mean, he's had nobody across from him. I mean, he right. has been the lead pass rusher. So, you know, I feel like he's kind of gotten a, not a great shake from the IDP community. I've always kind of been like, a, you know, I know Harold Landry plays a lot of snaps, doesn't do a lot. But, I mean, he does enough, you know. Yeah. The guy. Yeah, so. I mean, he's not, I'm not saying he's bad. He's not a bad player. <laughs> Why do you hate him, John? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm just, I hear people say these things, you know. I'm sure yeah. you hear it too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, well. We'll that. That'll be good. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love it. He'll lead the team in sacks. I wouldn't be, yeah, that's, that's. I mean, or maybe he won't. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know anything. Yeah. All right, let's see. Justin Simmons tagged, Levante David tagged, um, Marcus May tagged. I do quickly want to say, um, Jordan Poyer posted something on his Twitter or on his Instagram the other day, just about how he's recovering uh, from alcoholism um, Mm -hmm. and how he didn't really realize that he had been an alcoholic. That was something he struggled with. I just, you know, one shout out to him for bringing that to light. You know, if anybody's listening or out there, I mean, this, you know, it's real stuff. You know, he's, he's like my, he said he went to a few AA meetings. He said, you know, my life, I might have problems. It's like, if I listened, you know, and other people have bigger problems than me. And he said, it was really just, you know, it's the mental part. The first part was just admitting like, this is my problem. Like, you know, I am like these people, but maybe it's different. Um, but just, you know, that whole rant there was basically to say, you know, addiction's real. I mean, people struggle, people with tons of money, people poor shit, people just living regular ass lives, you know, in line to pick up their kids at school, people in the grocery store. So be empathetic. And if you, you know, you do have a problem, that's not that's not a problem i mean it's something nothing to be ashamed of that i mean it is something it is a problem first you have to admit that but there are people out there like you that are willing to help you and so just i really like that he put that on his instagram you know he's only 28 years old just to say like i was an alcoholic like that's big that takes a level of self-awareness and you know i just want people to know that you know there's nothing there's no shame in it so i just want i put that in my notes yesterday i forgot to bring it up i just wanted to quickly bring it up because i mean i have had my you know struggles in life with addiction so i, I definitely understand it and, um, you know, it's not easy and it's not something people talk about enough, in my opinion, because it's very real and it's very present. So anyway, there's my uh, TED talk for society for today. <clears throat> so let's talk about linebackers. The main the main event, we're going to talk some linebacker strategy theory, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Jordan uh, is drinking, bro. I, I just got some water, man. So, <laughs> um, so. The first question I want to talk to you about was who is the dynasty linebacker one right now? Is that Devin White? Is that Darius Leonard, Roquan Smith, or is that somebody else for you? Well, 
So it's funny. Um, I putting my dynasty rankings together like the last week or so. I mean, longer than that, but they're they're finally kind of finalized and and coming out this week. And I it's I couldn't come off Devin White as LB one. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna be LB one for me. I I mean, look, it, it's hard for these guys to repeat LB one season. So it's not to say that he's gonna finish maybe necessarily in that spot. But you know what? From everything that we've seen from him. He's a great pass rusher. He's on the field constantly. He gets tackles. He's constantly around the ball. As much as I like Darius Leonard, I got to go Devin White. I just think with that upside that he brought and showed this year, he's going to be LB1 for me. I love it. I love it. I am... um... I'm not with you, unfortunately. I'm no. still on Darius Leonard as my linebacker one, and I de- and I did definitely struggle with this uh, just personally because it's so easy. It, because well, for one, early in the season, Darius Leonard was just like not present, so it's very easy in fantasy. Like that was when it mattered the most early on. That's kind of why Jabril Peppers. I still feel like even though he had an incredible season, people are like eh, Jabril Peppers is just okay, and I'm like, bro, like come on, stop. Like he's not just okay; he's fucking amazing. Um, but I had a, I had a, we did, a, I did a writing a piece on Dynasty Nerds with uh, John John Glosser, and he was on the side of Devin White as his Dynasty linebacker one. I'm on the side of Darius Leonard as my linebacker one. Um, you guys can go check that out if you want. I'm sure he probably has a lot of the same points as you do, but there's definitely a solid rock solid case for both of these players. Um, yeah. You know, again, the continuity that we speak of, you know, Devin White, Darius Leonard, you know, a true game changing middle linebacker. You know, even though people want to talk about linebackers and strong safeties like they're running backs and they're totally replaceable teams with good ones, like really, really good ones. They are more than just that on the field, if that makes sense. So that's why Jamal Adams to me, it's like you can't put him in the same box as you put other safeties. Darius Leonard and Devin White are in that same mold and Levante David as well. I know you're a huge fan of him. These guys are just they're not just middle of the middle of the field linebackers. Um, right. For me, ultimately, though, the reason I landed on Darius Leonard, Leonard was just because we've seen three years of high, high level production from him. Um, extremely high level production from him. Uh, you know, he had a, he ended the season in 2018 with 404 points. Uh, which is insane. Yeah. Um, right. And IDP one, two, three scoring. I know that Darius are, and that was in 15 games. So when you, you look at that and then you still look at what Devin White did this year in 15 games, it's still a little less than that. So we, his ceiling for me is just a little bit higher and it's, he's done it three years in a row. Now the flip side of that is he has missed some games. So you're always going to have to bake that into the year where you're like, I'm projecting Devin or Darius Leonard for probably closer to 14 games and 16 games. If I'm honest with myself, just based on history. But um, I think you can go either way. Oh, yeah. I, and they're only a year apart in age. It feels like Darius Leonard's a thousand years old because he's just been amazing for three years straight. Um, I don't want to say we have fatigue over him. I really don't want that to happen to him. But I'm on the side of Devin or Darius Leonard as one. You have Devin White as one. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being two for either of these guys at all, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, if you could easily call them one one A, right? I think those are the two. Those are your two choices when you if you're picking linebacker first, then that those are one of the guys you're going with. And I did, I went back and forth on it and I was just like, I wanted, I wanted to deviate from the rest of the crowd so much. And I was like, I don't know, man. I just, I loved what I saw from Devin White this year. And and I do love Darius Leonard too. So it's just like, it's a toss up. You flip a coin and you're getting a great linebacker. So, yeah, I'm happy. And at this point I'm like 
I want one of them on my team. Like okay. this year, I'm not messing around with linebacker, which we'll get to here shortly when we get more into the strategy. But that, that was a good discussion, you know. So John's on Devin White. I got Darius Leonard. There's no wrong answer. I put Roquan Smith in there. And even yeah. some of these guys that play in these tackle-heavy leagues, whatever that means, you know, you got Zach Cunningham who outperformed both these guys. So, you right. know, maybe I, I didn't put his name in there because, I mean, Zach Cunningham is not made of the same stuff that these guys are. But depending on your league, you could make a point because I think I heard, you know, I, I heard a, a – uh, I know in one or two of my leagues, he did finish as the overall linebacker because he had like what 111 or something solos. Like it was just a yeah. ridiculous number <laughs> of solo tackles. Yeah. Last year, only one person broke 100, and I think he hit like 106 with like Buda Baker. So for him on his limited snap count too, up with like 800 snaps, like he was just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he's a, he's an efficient linebacker, that's for sure. And I mean, he misses tackles, but he makes a ton. So yeah, well, and that's the only thing you do, and you yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's basically it. you gotta you gotta mess up every once in a while. All yeah, right, let's uh, sure. scoot on down to how are you approaching the linebacker position in 2021 in Dynasty startups? So we'll just I had a couple of little bullet points here, but I was gonna read them off. Like who who are you targeting? Who are who do you want to leave your draft and startup as your linebacker one? Yeah, so for for dynasty startups, yeah, it's a little tougher, right? Because I saw I I've only had the the one startup so far this year at this point, and Devin White came off the board in like the fifth round. So at that point, I'm still building an offense, so it was a little early for me. And then obviously, once one comes off the board, then guys start coming off a little bit quicker. And I never, for me, I don't like to jump in too early because I know that there's pretty good depth at the position but for me the one guy that i'm targeting that i really like is isaiah simmons um i think at, at trying to get him at a value right now while devondra campbell is still a free agent and still could potentially sign somewhere else um while isaiah simmons role is not locked in yet for 2021 but i think if it is i think he can bring that kind of upside that you get from like a devin white as a pass rusher as a player that can make a lot of tackles and, and be out on the field constantly and doing a lot of things and, and make that kind of year two leap especially in dynasty he's a young player um so those are the guys that i that i'm looking for i'm looking for kind of those second maybe third year guys that i think are are at a decent value and I, and I know we're going to talk about that later so i don't want to um go over it too much but um yeah isaiah simmons was was who i came away with as my lb1 um i missed out on devin white and darius leonard i i think i will keep probably missing just because of how early they'll go um but roquan smith would would be a really nice one um even tremaine Edmonds. i, I mean he's he's fine as a, he's he's fine I, I keep saying he's fine i, I shouldn't fine. Be so, there's so nothing wrong with that guys, but <laughs> he's a good he's a good linebacker and he's he's super young so he, he would be a, good, a guy of interest as well right so these guys that are still in their rookie contracts in nfl nfl terms are, are guys that i like to kind of target in uh, in dynasty startups yeah, love that. Where would where are you uh, trying to get Isaiah Simmons? Like, what round are you kind of like? Okay, like I'm like I'm there. Like, it's time to make the jump. Like, if I want him as my one. Yeah. So I I want to say it was. I, I gotta I gotta try to pull it up to remember exactly what round it was, but that it was at the point where when we drafted him, um, I just felt like I couldn't let him go any further. It was probably was it, around seven or eight or so. Okay. Few linebackers. Still single, still single digit rounds. Yeah, yeah. He right now he's going to be my dynasty linebacker six. Spoilers for if we Ooh, talk about that later. But I yeah. love that. 
I'm I'm high on Isaiah Simmons. I, I, I love, love that. Out. Yeah, I think he's. I know it's a, maybe a little spicy, but uh, I, I like the upside. I think I think if he gets in that role in that defense, I think he'll be a he'll be a big time playmaker. Yeah, he's gonna be a monster. Um, I'm kind of in my drafts right now. The guys I'm trying to target, Roquan Smith, like you said, because you can get him like as the third ish linebacker usually, um, and that can be two rounds maybe after Leonard and White, depending on how things are going, which I like that a lot. Uh, you know, you're getting value with him because he's going to finish as a linebacker one if he plays. Points per game are great. If I'm waiting a little bit longer, I am 100% targeting uh, Blake Martinez or Joe Schobert. Like, I, those are my, like, backup. They're maybe not super young, but I know and I've seen what they produce year in and year out. Um, and to me, they're both kind of majorly underappreciated linebackers just because people talk about them like they aren't really – you know, dynamic playmakers, but I mean, Joe Schobert had, has had like 19, 25, 17 and 23 impact plays the last few years. I mean, those are all plays that are not tackles or quarterback hits. That That's a lot, you know, I mean, especially when a guy like Zach Cunningham can barely get over double digits, um, you know, but he's out there getting massive tackles. So I like guys that have, you know, diverse skill sets, even Blake Martinez, 21 impact plays this year, 14, 18, and then 25. So he can push up there into that kind of elite semi elite. Uh, I call, I really would call it elite. I mean, yeah. the super elite guys at the end of every year, like we're looking at right now, um, Darius Leonard or Devin white had 30 and uh, Roquan Smith had 33 last year. So that kind of tells you if you can push up into that mid to high twenties, you're getting into that elite territory. That's just something some guys are not going to be able to do um, just based on their skill set. So they're a little older and kind of like look down upon, but they are very capable guys. So they're kind of guys I target if I missed out on like the younger studs. Right. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Who are some guys that you're kind of avoiding in the first, like your top 24 to 20, you know, to the 30 picks at linebacker, like guys that you're just like, I w- I'm okay missing him slash like I'm wouldn't, we can go 10 more rounds and I'm just like not going to touch him. Like, I just don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more, I think for like avoiding guys, like I just don't like to reach too much. Like if there's good value at the board on the board at a different position, like just because linebackers are falling quickly, if you can get like a top 10 defensive lineman, as opposed to getting like a top, you know, 15 to 20 linebackers say that that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm just trying to avoid certain guys, but specifically maybe, you know, somebody like a Leighton Vander Esch, maybe somebody who's got some question marks around like health specifically, like his neck. I mean, it's kind of a scary thing, right? Um, I'm I'm just I'm not drafting any Leighton Vander Esch. I, I especially in Dynasty, I worry about you know how long can a career last too if you're having those kind of neck injuries. I know he's a big name. He's a first round linebacker in NFL terms. Plays on the the Cowboys, so he gets a lot of spotlight. But he's a guy that I would probably be looking to avoid. Even somebody like I mean, I was trying to avoid Jerome Baker before. Now, now even more so with uh, with McKinney there. Um, I think I think Jerome Baker as as nice of so, some games that he had last season were. I think that McKinney will eat into that. And honestly, I thought the Dolphins were going to end up drafting a linebacker to to combat with with his snaps as well. So he's another guy that I'm 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 not overly interested in at the moment. Yeah, I agree with both of those. Um, they're kind of, especially 
you know, Baker, he rushed the passer a lot. You know, what do you have? Seven sacks. I mean, without those seven sacks, I mean, he's he's nothing. Um, he's yeah. complete and total dust yeah. uh, for IDP. What do you get? Like a hundred tackles or something? And I mean, honestly, a hundred tackles is not a great threshold in my opinion. Um, if you want to even get into linebacker two numbers, you got to put some big plays behind that kind of stuff. Um, guys, I'm avoiding personally. Uh, Miles Jack. I know he had a good year this last year. Good air quotes. Um, but, you know, when you dig a little deeper and you look into the impact plays, which, again, you know, if you guys listen to this channel, you guys know impact plays are anything that's not a tackle or a quarterback hit, basically. You know, he's only had 16, 9, 10, and 13. Those are not great numbers. And for a guy that's going over 1,000 snaps, I mean, that's just that's just not what you're looking for, in my opinion. Did he get the tackles? Yeah. Did he play every game this season? Yeah. Um, but I, the, the points are there and were there this year. But if things don't fall, I think, I don't, I don't know if he has the upside that some of these other guys have, uh, especially if he can't get behind the line of scrimmage or he's not batting more balls down or, you know, getting interceptions. So uh, he's a guy that I'm avoiding. And I said one other guy I was going to say that I was avoiding. Um, It is probably Zach Cunningham for me, just because I'm just not a big, and I say that I have Zach Cunningham on a lot of teams, but I don't like drafting him because, again, when I watch football, I want to see, I want to feel something. I mean, let's just be real. Like, I want, that's why I draft Tyreek Hill. That's why you draft Devontae Adams. You want the big play. You want the touchdown. That's, you know, Zach Cunningham, great. He got me 20 points. I would much rather get 20 points from a guy who gets, like, a sack, two tackles for loss, and an interception, and, like, a tackle, than get 20 points for a guy that's getting 10 solo tackles. (laughs) Like, that's just like, okay, like that's death by that's death by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? And that's fine. There's a place for that in your team building. That's not how I like to build my team. I like to get guys like that a little bit later. That's kind of what Leighton Vander Esch is, too. You'd be surprised um, at the impact plays he's had. It's not what you think. He's much more of a tackle guy. He's actually very similar to Cunningham in that regard of what his production profile looks like. Um, so uh, those are guys I'm avoiding there. And, you know, speaking of impact plays, Patrick Queen is a guy that I'm OK reaching for, too, a little bit this year. Um, just because he and Devin Bush to me are two players that are not top 10 right now kind of being taken, but I think both of them have a very good chance to finish as top 10 linebackers um, in IDP. And they're both so young. Um, You know, if you can get a linebacker one season or top three linebackers, you down them now you could flip them or you can be sitting pretty, you know? So, and they're not going to cost you top eight, top six linebacker cost right now. And they're younger than a lot of those guys that are up there. So they're guys I think could have a chance to uh, make a big push this next year. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, De- Devin Bush, like guys like that, that that kind of miss like big chunks of the year, like people forget about them, right? But he's locked in as the linebacker one in Pittsburgh. He's not going anywhere. He's still a young player. At, so yeah, you if you can get him at a value just because he was hurt last year, that's, that's a huge steal. Um, and yeah, Miles Jack, I'm with you. I think... I think he has this perception about him that he's this great linebacker. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe just coming out of UCLA, he was a second round pick and he's, he's like a top five paid linebacker as well. Yeah. So I think that kind of plays into it a little bit, but I'm just like, I, I don't see it. He doesn't, he's not, <laughs> you know, there's I nothing know, to see. You're, you're not, you're not missing it. You're not missing it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just he's he's fine. Like he's he's a linebacker. He does what he's supposed to do, but he doesn't do anything spectacular. He's and he usually plays second fiddle on his team, right? Whether it's between Telvin Smith um, being out there or Joe Schobert now, right? So he's kind of the LB two on his own team, even though he's drafted as like this high end kind of LB two. 
Um, yeah, I think that might be more in our heads this time of year because you, you, I think the reason people are kind of high on him is because if you remember looking back to last year, you got Miles Jack for, I mean, he was drafted mostly as like a linebacker three. Like nobody mm-hmm. wanted him because we already know he's inefficient. Nobody really likes him. I mean, we can act like we like him, but nobody really likes him because, again, he's boring. Like, there, you don't say, like, oh, there was that one big emotional moment where Miles Jack, like, made me feel something. That just doesn't exist. Um, he's another – but he did, he did have actually have one game, I think, this year where we had, like, an interception. But anyway, that was, like, the one game. Um, he had, like, a big week one or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, for me, he's a little bit overvalued right now, especially thinking you got him as like a linebacker three last year. I'm not paying up for him, which the next question I had was who's overvalued, undervalued, but we've kind of touched on that a little bit, I feel. Um, I think we kind of both agree, Miles Jack, a little bit overvalued. Um, and undervalued for me, it's going to be the guys I mentioned, Devin Bush and mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Queen still. I think Patrick Queen has a chance to be that next guy. I mean, look at Devin White. I mean, boom, linebacker one, you know, second year in the league. I mean, like, that's not like an unprecedented thing to happen. So Patrick Queen, he had a lot of impact plays. He didn't play every snap. Um, He even got benched at times. So there's upside there in my eyes. Um, He went over 100 tackles. But, you know, you give him 130 tackles with these these numbers he's got, and that's still a a super good linebacker. And he was great this year. I don't remember exactly where he finished. I think it was like – he was top 24 pretty confidently – but I, I don't have that right in front of me. I should. Sorry, guys. No. Yes. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, Patrick Queen, especially in Dynasty, I, I mean, you know, this year, yeah, he was kind of a little bit all over the place. He, like you said, he did miss some snaps here and there, um, whether it was get, getting benched or just being, you know, getting those rookie growing pains as well. Right. So, um, you know, a year where, these guys had no off season, no training program, thing like that, or not a full training program as a rookie. It's harder to kind of be thrown right into the, um, the deep end and, and try to learn how to swim. And, and I think that was the case with Patrick queen. I think uh, this year will be, will be, he'll make a nice jump and uh, he'll be a good dynasty linebacker for, for a few more years for sure. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, undervalued guys, they, there's, there's a ton. Like I think those LB twos on, on a lot of teams, guys like Dre Greenlaw, for example, on San Francisco and, you know, like a Bobby Okariki or somebody, guys that are like, like you say, they're kind of those those more boring linebackers. But at that point in the draft, that's kind of, you like that floor a little bit more, right? So as much as guys are going for, you know, Fred Warner or a Tremaine Edmonds, you can probably get like a Matt Milano or a... Um, or uh, sorry, your face was, uh, or or a Dre Greenlaw, somebody like that uh, later on, right? I got, I got to do it. I'm about to go in. All right, don't get mad at me, but Fred Warner, the faithful mirage. All right, Fred Warner. Every year, he somehow gets this hype, and he gets all this love, like he's so amazing, and he is a very good linebacker. Okay, but let's look. The reality of what he did this last year is he finishes a top 15 linebacker on the back of scoring 25% of his points for the season, week 16 and 17. Week 16 is finals week. Week 17 doesn't really exist, okay? So this guy did nothing for you all season. I think before week 16, he was like linebacker like 38 or 42 or something. It was not pretty. Um, And it's just the impact plays just have not been there in his career. I know that he had the year. He had a lot of pass deflections that boosted him up. Two years ago, he had 24. But if you look back, 17 this year, he's the main dog. Uh, 11 the year, uh, that his rookie season. I mean, that's 17 and 11. That doesn't even hit what Patrick Queen did this year 
on a leash. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I look at a guy like Fred Warner who gets a lot of love from the faithful, you know, and that's a little shade issue for your Niners fans out there. All right. We got that Super Bowl from you now. All right. So I just it, he's a guy that I think is massively overvalued, like way overvalued. And in, 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 because on a week to week basis, he hurts your team. He's out there as your linebacker one putting up eights in IDP one, two, three scoring where eights hard to get. You got to be pretty you got to be pretty chill out there. You know, you got to be deep in coverage with your back to the quarterback to get eight points. OK, so. There's my soapbox for Fred Warner, y'all. Um, check out the Ultimate IDP Index. I got a little blurb in there. If you guys, uh, this is probably a good little segue point. Check out the IDP Army Patreon. Um, I have not dropped the Ultimate IDP Index yet or the Blackwater Files, but all that stuff's coming out for one. Um, and that's, he's still to me, he is viewed as a top 25 dynasty asset. But that's only, that's dictated by the market. That's not honestly how I see Fred Warner. So when you get in there, you will see I do have this little write up on him, kind of, you know, laying out why I'm a little off Fred Warner compared to the general public. But I do understand there is value in Fred Warner in Dynasty as a piece. I don't want him in my team when the week start or the season starts. Like that's not where he has value to me. He has value to me as a piece to move to somebody who believes in Fred Warner, the faithful, as they call themselves. So <laughs> they're out there. Um, I suggest that you sell them Fred Warner for, and if they if they believe in him where they say they do. You ought to be able to pull a high second, maybe a low first off of them. So if they're out there trying to talk all that talk, see if they'll back it up. That's my that's my suggestion to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Fred Warner, I think he's one of those guys who's a better NFL player than an IDP, right? And I think maybe that's where a little bit more of his dynasty value comes in and just that you know he's a good player. Um, mm-hmm. so he's going to be around for a while. Exactly. That's right? kind of how I view Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka's yeah. never going to have 100 tackles. It literally never happened. Right. But Minka Fitzpatrick will never not have a job until he says, I'm done. Yep. So you have to balance things like that. You know what I mean? So he does have top 24 defensive back value in my mind, Dynasty, because I know in five years, Minka Fitzpatrick will still be an every week starter on my team. Yeah. Um, so things like that definitely weigh into players. And that's kind of like I said, too, the market will continue to dictate that Fred Warner is valued highly, even though on a week to week basis. I don't think the value is there. Now, with Salah gone, or I guess I'd say his name right, Salah, maybe his role changes. Maybe the new defensive coordinator has him playing off the ball a little bit more and less, you know, coverage stuff. Then we could see a new Fred Warner, and and, and then I look like an idiot. But I'm just saying, based on what I've seen, the people are gassing up Fred Warner a little too much, and they're not providing the context necessary. Yes, he finished top 15 this season, which is that in and of itself is not necessarily a big, like, ooh, great. He did it on the back of scoring 25% of his points in the two weeks where you probably you weren't playing fantasy or you were already in the championship, and he was 100 fucking percent on your bench. You did not play Fred Warner in the championship week if you had him all season. <laughs> I don't believe you. If you say you do, I want to see it. Send me send me some screenshots on Twitter, y'all. All right, so uh, let's talk about – we've kind of been talking about a little bit. Second-year linebackers, you know, the big blow-up. We just saw it uh, from Devin White, big blow-up season. So we got the premier guys from last year's class, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, in my opinion, I mean, these are all the first round guys. Logan Wilson and Isaiah Simmons are kind of the guys that I think look at as the premier guys of this class. What do you think the the, the floor and the ceiling looks like for these guys? Um, I'll just quickly say, I don't think the floor, I think we've seen the floor for Simmons, Brooks, and Wilson, and for Murray, um, and for Queen. So, I mean, I think they all are on an upward trajectory. They're all very young. I loved Wilson in coverage this year because he actually came down with a couple interceptions on minimal snaps. Same with Isaiah Simmons. 
I don't know if you saw, but Kenneth Murray did was playing with like a torn labrum apparently most of the oh, season really? or a disconnect. Yeah, he had surgery right after the season. It was pretty bad apparently. Um, so for him, he apparently it was all season long. So I'm very excited for him and i've kind of been trying to acquire him in dynasty because i don't think a lot of people know that you know they don't know that immediately after the season was done like he had surgery if you follow him on youtube you can see that i also have that in the, uh, the ultimate idp index if y'all want to check that out when it comes out but to me we've seen the floor for all these guys and that's very exciting for me um so what are your thoughts about these guys and who you've already said you you want isaiah simmons i'm kind of with you he's a guy that i would really like to have but I feel like people are kind of aware. But Patrick Queen and he and Kenneth Murray are kind of my top guys. But what do you think about the overall trajectory of these guys? Yeah, so I think, yeah, like Simmons, like we kind of touched on it. And I think you're right. Like to try to buy him at this point, for the most part, people are going to be like, I, you know, we, we know that this is going to be a big breakout year for Simmons. Um, so don't even bother. But yeah, like guys like Logan Wilson, um, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, who, I mean, Kenneth Murray, we saw it, but Jordan Brooks and Logan Wilson specifically, like we didn't get to see them, uh, every week. We didn't get to see them play major roles every week. Brooks played a significant amount of snaps, but he did so as kind of like the LB three in Seattle, right? There was still Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright playing ahead of him, but KJ Wright's hitting, hitting free agency now. Um, We'll see what happens. Maybe Seattle brings them back, but assuming that they don't because they drafted Brooks in the first round, um, I think Brooks can kind of step in and play that KJ Wright role, rushing the passer, playing uh, as kind of the run-stopping linebacker in Seattle, which is a good floor to have for him. We've seen KJ Wright be pretty IDP relevant for for quite a few years now. Um, Logan Wilson, I think, has probably more of a lower floor just because of what they like to do in Cincinnati is the kind of the thing that worries me. And I think, I think Logan Wilson's the best of the bunch that they have there for the Bengals. So I think he has, he has a good spot to to kind of bounce up this year, but the way they've been, they've been kind of rotating their linebackers worries me a little bit. Um, so obviously if you're not on the field, you're not going to get points, but doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to have a nice year. So I do like Logan Wilson, uh, probably so what do we got five guys here as as the fifth of the group but with a chance you know if he can if he gets like an every down role obviously that that can change uh kenneth murray and patrick queen i have really close in my dynasty rankings i have murray actually one spot ahead of patrick queen um just because i like i think he's a good player i think and again it's another one of those things i think being a good nfl player um will help you you know, sustain your value for longer in, in a dynasty league. So I have Kenneth Murray one spot ahead, not to say that Patrick Queen's not a good player. Um, but uh, yeah, Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, both guys that I think we can, that we can still see improve um, in next year and, and, and up those totals a little bit more. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I like I, that class was good. You know, that many linebackers go in the first round. Um, you know, the trajectory of all those guys looks good. Uh, any sleepers? I'm, um, you know, I know everybody, Loves Jordan Phillips. Is that your sleeper? Oh, Jacob Phillips. <laughs> Jacob Phillips. Whatever. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. There is a Jordan Phillips. There's a Jordan okay. Phillips in the league as well. But uh, yeah, but yeah, Jacob Phillips. I mean, yeah, I like him. I don't. Again, like, I don't know. I like to pump the tires of some of these guys. So I don't know how much of a sleeper they are at some. And and I'm not the only one that does it. So they're the names out there. But again, you know, we don't know. We don't know for sure. It's kind of speculative, right? Like that he's going to step in and be that LB one. Best time of the year, man. That's what we get to do. Just yeah. throw it all out there, see what comes back. Exactly. Speculate. Yeah, and but another one is Willie Gay Jr. too for the Chiefs. Um, I, I mean, their linebackers were 
trash last year. And yeah, <laughs> tell me about it, bro. They They've were... been trash for like three, four years. Like it wasn't just last year. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so they need somebody. They need a good linebacker, and I think Willie Gay can be that. He's a good coverage linebacker. I think if they they keep him out there for all three downs, he's going to be a good producer for IDP. So we'll see. But all right, I love it. I love the Willie Gay pick. Hopefully, I I Willie Gay for me. The only play I remember of him this season is he had a a, a massive tackle for loss on Christian McCaffrey. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I just like it was one of the few times McCaffrey was even on the field. It was one of the few times fucking Willie Gay was on the field, and he just like flew across the field and he met McCaffrey in the backfield. And I was like, damn, like I like that. And yeah. I don't think I saw him again the rest of the game. I was like, of course, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I know they they they, were, they they put any excuse to not put that guy on the field. It was crazy. That's something I watch a lot too. Is I know you know sometimes it's about you know watching the whole game and guys watch film and stuff. I'm not a great film expert or anything like that, but I watch the plays guys make on the players that make the plays. So for me, it's like when I see a guy tackle somebody for a tackle for loss. Okay, that's great, but who is that running back? Is that Carlos Hyde or is that Alvin Kamara? And then I am like, okay, like this guy can hang with an elite, you know, so that there's relevance in that in my mind. So when I saw him get to Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, I don't imagine Christian McCaffrey takes many tackles for loss. You don't see that often for him. So when I see something like that, I, you know, and then, and then in my head, I go back to two years ago when uh, the, the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in London and Devin White got taken, put in a blender by Christian McCaffrey. You remember that play? Yeah. I mean, he like, fell. I mean, he was like, didn't know he was spinning out of the universe. So you watch stuff like that. You're like, okay, like this guy can hang with some special people. So I liked what I saw from him just in that one snap, just cause I was like, Oh, so. Yeah. He's got, he's flashed, right? Like that's the thing. It's all small sample size stuff, but I think you, you like the flashes that you do see from him, And that's kind of what gives me hope for him as, as uh, an every down linebacker and obviously an IDP relevant linebacker for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's uh, speed it up here a little bit. Briefly, tell me what you know about or your top five rookie incoming linebackers. Um, and then of those five, who do you think has the highest upside and then who most likely to bust? Okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of going through the linebackers and, and pretty much all this rookie class. I'm going through a ton of them of the IDPs right now. So I have, I have four guys for sure that are in my top, top four that are probably not leaving there. My fifth is I got to watch a little bit more. So my fifth is um, uh, Jabril Cox from, from LSU. Uh, my fourth will, I'm counting down, but uh, my That's fourth fine. is <laughs> Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Um, this changed. He was my number two at one point, And then I watched a little bit more of him. He's a smaller linebacker. Not sure how much of an actual linebacker he might be in the NFL. He might play more of that Jeremy Chin role, um, which obviously is good, but it can also, you know, he might not fit in the right scheme for that. So uh, he's my number four. Number three, I have Nick Bolton from Missouri. Uh, number two is Zaven Collins. Uh, UCLA and number one, I put Micah Parsons from Penn State. I think most people are aware of Micah Parsons by this point being like the top linebacker in the class. And he's the guy I think has the highest upside just because he's such a good pass rusher as well. 
Um, he could easily be the best edge rusher in this class too. If he, if he were to take on that role, he's, he's that good at it. So Micah Parsons for me is the highest upside. Most likely to bust is the one that I worry about that I, and I liked him a lot is, is Owusu Koromoa from uh, Notre Dame um, just because he's going to need to be in the right scheme. And he is a bit smaller, but he's a good coverage player and uh, he, he has a chance to succeed as well. It's not to say that he doesn't, but that, that would be my, ch- my most likely to bust if I had to choose one. Nice, nice. Love those guys. Um, Zazen Collins, he's one, the guy that I've kind of been catching my eye a little bit lately. I, I'm not, I don't watch a lot of college football slash any college football, really, just what, what I can kind of catch because I work on Saturdays usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's the guy that when I have been watching or have been seeing and reading and looking at, yeah. um, he's the guy that I'm like, I'm probably not going to get Parsons just because I, in most of my leagues, I don't need that a linebacker, a true linebacker one. I don't need to reach for what a true linebacker one because I've kind of set myself up this offseason by acquiring Joe Schobert, Blake Martinez, and you know Roquan Smith pretty much everywhere I can. That's kind of how I've been building my teams this year. Uh, so I'm kind of, but I am looking at Collins, and I'm like, okay, like if I'm late second, you know, early third, he's a guy that I, you know, I'm assuming a lot of the good wider. I mean, at that point. Most of your, you know, you're looking at a less than 50% hit ratio, hit hit rate. Oh, yeah. I'm going to definitely be transitioning over to the defensive players and trying to get as many top guys as I can there. So last year that worked out for people that went Jeremy Chin, that worked out for people that went Antoine Winfield, um, people that had McKinney didn't work out quite as much, but that was an injury related. So that's jury still out. Kyle Duggar did kind of let a lot of people down, me included. I'm interested to see what happens with him this year, but I'm concerned uh, to say the least, I'll be completely honest there. Uh, so th- thank you for sharing that with us. That's, you know, we don't get a lot of rookie talk on here, but I, as the draft's getting closer, I'm going to bring it up a little bit more. Sure. Um, all right, we're going to close out the show. We are just going to do our just for fun, um, way too early top 12 linebackers kind of going into this next season, or you could even call it dynasty. There's, you know, we don't, whatever the parameters are, it doesn't really matter. These are just the top 12 linebackers that you want on your teams right now, uh, moving into this next season. And then we'll just have, you know, a brief discussion, kind of, you know, throw stones at each other and then get out of here. So <laughs> you right. want to you want to you want to take us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so are we talking like edge guys as well? It's TJ and, Water. You know, I don't I'm looking here. And if that's the truth, TJ Watts, my number two, let's just leave them out of this. Okay. Let's just do off ball, you know, linebackers and just because I mean, TJ Watts, probably the only one we'd have to talk about anyway. So. So, yeah, so I'm good with that. So Devin White is one. Darius Leonard will be 1A for me. So one and two there. Number three is Roquan Smith. Four is Blake Martinez for me. Um, number five, actually, so Isaiah Simmons is five for me. So I said he was LB6 before, but <laughs> uh, he's actually LB5. Um, number six is Jalen Smith. Number seven, I'm going Devin Bush. Number eight, I am going Joe Schobert. Number nine is Tremaine Edmonds, 10, Deion Jones, 11, Ke- Kenneth Murray, and 12, Patrick Queen. Kenneth Ooh, you got a lot of young blood, young blood up in there. Yeah, this is, I, I went dynasty. <laughs> yeah, we are uh, step for step, pretty close in the center there. I have Leonard at one, yep. White at two, and then here we hit stride. We got Roquan, or we got Roquan and Blake Martinez in the same spot. Um, I have Jalen Smith, six, Cunningham at seven. Or I'm sorry, at six. I have Patrick Queen at eight, Joe Schobert nine, Eric Kendricks at ten, uh, Devin Bush at eleven, and Tremaine Edmonds at twelve. 
Um, just for reference point, I have Isaiah Simmons at 15 and Dion Jones at 16. So we're pretty close there, all within the same 16 for most of those guys. Um, Kenneth Murray, where do I have him? He's just a little, he's probably a tinge too low. He's at my linebacker 26 right now. So I'm definitely going to have to make an adjustment on that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Eric right Hendricks now. for me is LB 13. So pretty close. There you there. go. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, I was going to start attacking you viciously, but I mean, it sounds like you're a pretty smart guy over here. So um, what are your thoughts? So you have Simmons all the way up at five. Um, So you really are in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) I know it's, it's high. um, But I mean, there's going to be a new crop of players that come in that everybody's going to be a high on in a year from now. So I'm going to grab this guy as soon as I can. You know, I think, like I said, it's it's speculative right now, but I think he's in for a starting role. I think when we saw him as a starter and as an every down player um, in those few games where he was that in Arizona last year, um, he was he was a great IDP. He was getting sacks. He was rushing the passer. He was making tackles, um, getting tackles for a loss as well. Uh, made some nice plays doing that. Showed good range. He, he's improving his coverage. He was obviously a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Not to say that that necessarily translates automatically, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that it's we've relevant. seen that, that, that draft capital carry over to to dynasty rankings. And I think, I think Isaiah Simmons has a chance to make that leap. And obviously I'm putting it as a pretty big leap. Um, and maybe he doesn't finish his LB five, say this season, but I think for, for long-term in dynasty purposes, I think you'd be happy with him as, as in that spot. Yeah. I mean, he had 11 impact plays in, I mean, that he didn't play what 300, 400 snaps or so. Yeah, so, play. That's pretty incredible. Okay, so question for you on Simmons, then just kind of get gauge where you're at. And I know I'm putting you on the spot, so I apologize. But no. if you were to trade him for, you know, in terms of draft pick value, um, I'm looking right now at my I ultimate IDP index. I've kind of got him in that second plus area where if I was going to trade him, I would want to get back a second and then something else with it. I don't know if that would be looking like, you know, uh, a Deshaun Elliott, like a, you know, a very deep sort of free safety mm-hmm. kind of guy that could look like, you know, a 2023 fourth. Um, but it's a second plus is kind of how I view him. Um, but what, what are your thoughts? And he's a buy to me too, yeah. right now. I'm, I'm with you. Like a, he's not in my top 12, but he's right outside. Um, what, what, what kind of capital are you willing to give up to go get him? Yeah, I think that's about right. Like, I think like to not, you don't want to overpay for certain guys, but I, I've been trying to acquire him this offseason already in, in leagues where I don't have him and been unsuccessful. And, and I've been trying to offer in that range of that second plus kind of uh, tier. Um, so I've even like, <laughs> it's showing that I'm kind of like, you know, maybe a little bit desperate to try and get him. But I, I was even willing to offer like a Henry Ruggs, for example, um, to try and get him. And you know what? They were kind of underutilized last year. But what, why straight across, obviously. straight across, or was that to throw or throw in with your second? That was going to be straight up. Um, I like that. I think that you would have come out on top there pretty easily, personally. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, wide receiver, obviously the more valuable position. And so, you know, but let's candidly, what is the absolute ceiling of Henry Ruggs? That's the thing, right? Like, he's he's an elite speed guy. I mean, maybe he like his absolute ceiling. And this is like, this is way out there, but Tyreek Hill, it comes to mind just because one in a million type of player. We already know that Isaiah Simmons ceiling it is 
much more within reach and I think yep. similar towards sort of points. And I think, like I said, much easier to get there. Sure. So I, I'm not, I don't hate that. I know yeah. it's tough to do offense for defense, but I like, I liked that as a, as a point. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, that's, that's, a, that was kind of my thinking about it. Why I wouldn't be too upset if I had to make that deal. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm around that area where, you know, I'm willing to give up a, like a wide receiver prospect that hasn't, you know, shown up like a Justin Jefferson or something like that, for example, but like a Henry Ruggs, I think is in a good space there or a second and like a, a, a like a second or third tier prospect um, at safety. Like you said, like a Deshaun Elliott or whoever, yeah. but um, yeah, that's, yeah. That's kind of how I, when I look at player values, it's, you know, I, I, I look at it like converting currency, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, whatever you want. But, you know, when you go make a trade, it's easier for me when I have a conversion point. So instead of looking at a player and being like, Zach Cunningham is worth Jalen Rager, I say, Zach Cunningham is worth a second plus. And then I say, what offensive players are worth a second plus? And then I look at those guys where I'd be like, this is what I would send. And then I, then I get a list of names. I'm like, Hey, these are the 15 guys I can kind of target or look at to kind of move around. If I want to do that offense to defense kind of trade, I use it. Like I look at it as a trade converter. Uh, personally, I have that. Uh, I'm just keep plugging the ID ultimate IDP index, check the Patreon out. But in that, I mean, I've got a hundred and four, 30 some odd guys in here and every one of them I've got what I would do my estimated draft uh, pick value uh, on each one and I have he's a second plus uh, Kenneth Murray's a second plus I have Bobby Wagner as a third plus right now just for context because he's kind of more of a win now piece Um, but you know long-term value is probably not there but I mean for a third for a win now you know that that's good so just kind of give you guys some context for that Um, let's see who's a who's somebody that I have like a fourth like I have like Christian Kirksey is a fourth right now or Bradley Chubb. I have the third plus. I think that's a value for him. I think he's probably worth a little more than that, but that's just to give you guys some, 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 uh, some points, you know, of reference. So I like that Isaiah Simmons though, for rugs. That's a good one. Um, Devin Bush. I'm glad to see here that you are also a believer. You know, you look back at what he did as a rookie. Um, you know, he had a ton of impact plays. I mean, he had 20, I believe I'm looking at here, 23 impact plays. I believe it was all said and done as a rookie, uh, 22. He played right around the same amount of snaps as Patrick Queen did, uh, mm-hmm. who had 19 this year. So you can similar kind of uh, trajectory, a little over 100 tackles, right around 100 tackles, but making big plays. Um, and you like to see guys with multiple skill sets on layered on top of the safe tackle floor. We know that, you know, maybe the snaps weren't there, but we also know with certain teams, the, the, excuse me, the Steelers and the Ravens kind of being uh, poster children for this, they do kind of um, jerk the chain, shall we say, of their rookies, you know, look at Dobbins, you know, look at uh, Claypool, you know, on, on offense, you know, and then you look at Queen and look at Bush, you know, on defense. So look at Highsmith, although he did have to come in later in the season at when Bud Dupree. So it's not unlike them to not fully unleash their rookies. So yeah. that's something I like. I know Devin Bush to start the season did not look like he was unleashed this last year, but that doesn't, to me, I'm still, like you said, I'm not concerned about Devin Bush. I love your confidence in him. I love that you have him that high in your rankings. Um, and he came in at uh, linebacker 11 for me. So nice. we're pretty we're pretty much uh, right there with each other. Yeah. So, all right, well, this has been fun. I don't really have anything else in my notes here. Anything you want to uh, add or tell anybody about linebackers before we kind of plug away and plug out? Um, I mean, I think that's it, right? There's there's a lot of value at the position. Um, one thing I've noticed, like you can get 
those you can get guys later um sleeper for example has a terrible like kind of adp list um to Mm -hmm. pull from when you're doing your dynasty drafts so go through dig up like a yeah go really deep because there's guys buried there make a queue because you can find some really good value in in sleeper drafts that people will forget about for for sure and then you'll draft them and everybody will be like holy crap why the hell did i just draft a piece of crap and yeah when yeah more sleeper advice too just real life helping people out you know the you you find they're like a little groupings too like you'll scroll past a hundred names and there's nobody you know and then all of a sudden you'll see three or four guys you're like oh my gosh like i i can't believe i almost quit scrolling and so you add them to your queue and then you just keep going and the same thing happens you'll get to a spurt where there'll be three four five six different defensive players that you're like oh wow like why are they all the way down here so like uh Harrison Smith is a, I shouldn't be saying this because he's so dirt cheap right now, but Harrison Smith is a perfect example. You could, you I mean, you can get him in like round 30 right now. Um, and he's a guy that I think he's going to probably finish as a top 25 line uh, defensive back again this year. Um, but anyway, that's just, it's an example of somebody that you have to scroll to find. Um, yeah. All right, John, you want to tell us where to find your work and uh, you know, before we get you out of here. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm on pff.com. Uh, I'm putting out a weekly IDP article uh, every week. Obviously, that's why it's weekly. Uh, and this week, I'll be dropping my Dynasty IDP rankings. We have 300 players ranked. Uh, so it's coming up uh, on the site this week. And I'll do a write-up on those rankings as well. Um, I'm on Twitter at PFF underscore Macri. And I host a bi-weekly podcast called the Big Nickel IDP Podcast. So you can find me there talking mostly dynasty as it's an off-season podcast so diggity all right well thanks for tuning in uh idp army thanks again john for coming uh guys gals wherever you are whoever you are don't forget to go sign up for the black ops tier of the patreon you get exclusive early access to the idp army blackwater files it's gonna be 100 plus different reports documents there's pdfs in there like i said there's the buy sell tool tiered idp rankings um trade values exclusive videos more stuff like that that'll be dropping four one and yeah shout out to the idp army wouldn't be here without you guys appreciate you love you and until next time let the rain hit the sand build the house on the rock got a plan gotta get stocks keep them bands hit the clock tick blades on the fan used to be mundane on a monday now you have fun day on a sunday because you're switching it up and you're living it up